So what do you want to talk about? I don't know, a job hunt in the Netherlands. Right. Yeah. Pretty difficult, isn't it? It's very difficult for you when you are going to start your first day job tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Thank you, guys. I mean, it's not a real job. It's just an internship. Excuse you. It's 40 hours a week. Yeah, they're just going to use you as a cheap labor force. In exchange, I'll get a lot of experience and knowledge and skills. Anyway, this is the pilot for the podcast. Welcome, everyone. And here I have Sergey, Dmitri, and Tina. Would you like to talk about yourselves first? Yeah, I think first thing we have to say that we're based in Rotterdam, in the Radstad region. Just location-wise, I think it's important. Yeah. Me and Dmitri have been here for one year and a half, mm-hmm. but I think Tina spent more time here, right? Yeah, I, I came here in early 2020 during the lockdown and immediately after the lockdown was introduced and it was a disaster. Yeah, I can imagine the first stories of people coming here during the lockdown. We came here in the end of COVID. We also experienced last lockdown, which was in winter 2021-22, but it was not that bad. And we were all studying at the same masters. That's how we met. Yeah, it would unite us. Yeah, we've met on the lake when we're drinking beer, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I remember that moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. so fun. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Russia, not actually in Moscow. I grew up in Zelenograd, which is next to Moscow, which is originally it's a city, like a satellite of Moscow, which was like a place for science. Which is how many minutes from, from Moscow by, by car? I mean, it depends, mm-hmm. considering traffic jams. But yeah, it's 20 kilometers from uh, Moscow. From Moscow. Yeah, but anyway, I'm from there. I grew up there. I studied in Moscow. I studied political science. Then I worked for three years in Russia, moved to the Netherlands, was full of hopes and dreams. I finished my master's half a year ago, and I'm still unemployed. <laughs> I'm still unemployed. I was that close. You don't see, but I'm showing that I was that close to, uh, to having a job in Belgium, but I just oh. got denied in the last round. I actually came second, and they were looking for one candidate. So I'm still a bit upset about it, but maybe it's for the better because maybe my destiny lies in the Netherlands, who knows. But what about you guys? Sure. Yeah, that's that's a great story. You're not the only one with all the hopes sh- being shattered at this point, you know, career-wise and professional life-wise. Imo, would you like to talk about your experience in the Netherlands? Yeah, I guess I'll start from the beginning, how I got to the Netherlands. I'm also from Russia, from like Moscow itself. So you were born in Moscow, right? I was born in Moscow. Itself, not in Zelenograd, not like 15 minutes from. Yes, I was born in Moscow, just in a normal suburb, not suburb, neighborhood. Yeah. Very privileged, okay. (laughs) I just... By the way, could you tell when you mentioned that he's from Moscow? I could tell he was Russian. I could tell he was from a big city for sure. When I was 19, I moved to... Ireland to pursue my higher education and I lived in Ireland for years, did my bachelor in urban planning and environmental policy and after that I moved to the Netherlands to continue my education and do masters in 
urban management and development. Mm-hmm. That's where I met this beautiful people who are relatively beautiful, please. Well, objectively beautiful. <laughs> and yeah, I guess that's sort of a short introduction of myself. Job search wise. Uh, exactly. Are your hopes being shattered? At uh, no? no, I'm actually still very hopeful and enthusiastic about my prospects here. I recently received an offer. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm starting tomorrow. So start hidden, bro. You're going to start the serious life tomorrow. I am. Hey, yeah. amazing news, right? I just... New life. My, new my life. condolences. <laughs> yeah, I don't know uh, how it's going to be, but... That's going to uh, be awesome. Don't, don't it's the first, first step into this big career world. And yeah, I'm trying to be optimistic about it. Hopefully it works out. You should be. Yeah. But anyway... She is, she is a very mature lady, but... By the way, I'm also, on the top of being the most maturest out of three of us, I'm also the only non-white person here as well. Yeah, yeah, it's actually very important <laughs> because we are, we are both Moscovites, Russians. And just by the way, during this, during these days, during these times, it's important to mention and highlight that we are absolutely against the war and we are absolutely hate Putin. Yeah, so all of us. All of us, yes, especially me. But anyway, the thing is that maybe it's, it sounds strange, right, to a Russian and one Kazakh person talking about the job market in the Netherlands. In the future episodes, there's going to be more people from more cultural backgrounds. Yeah. But we just came up with this idea. It's very important and hot topic for us because we've spent a lot of time and nerves on this. So yeah, coming to the point of Tina's introduction. Yeah, so I'm Tina. I also met this exceptionally beautiful people during our studies at, at Erasmus University. That's true though. Anyway, I was saying that I came here, I actually moved to, to the Netherlands from Poland where I worked for multiple companies. And before that I lived and studied in Moscow. Yeah, my background is I'm Kazakh. I, I come from Central Asia, Kazakhstan. So that's where I lived for the first 19 years or so. And yeah, we graduated from our master's last year in October. Some of us did it a little bit earlier. And since then, a bunch of us are still looking for jobs, trying to figure out what's our next step. So this is why we actually decided to start this podcast, because we kind of want to build a community of people who are in the same situation right now. So if you will hear this first pilot and you will feel like you want to share a story, your pain points, your success story, your failures, anything connected to the job search in the Netherlands, feel free to reach out to us. We will leave the details. Yeah. And for those who are not familiar with the Netherlands job market and just in general, maybe heard of something and think this is a paradise Mm -hmm. to go and find a job because it's a very kind of immigrants friendly country. The English level is one of the highest in Europe, maybe the highest. Yeah, it is the highest officially, but I think in the Scandinavian countries, it's approximately the same. But there are a lot of English speaking jobs and it's also true that there are a lot of people who came here in the last decades or so. I'm going to throw this right away. I think that Netherlands are overrated these days so much in terms of the job hunt because it's absolutely overheated market. The competition is ruthless and some sectors such as basically bubbles. If you don't have a specific skills which are needed, which are on the demand, you need to have some time, you need to have some will to look for the job, you need to have some nerves to do that. And yeah, just after half a year of finishing our masters, 
I'm unemployed. So Dimitri found an internship. Good for him. We're going to share our stories mm -hmm. and we're going to share how our expectations changed during these times, what we tried, what we reached. And I think if we can start as the person who found the easiest loophole of all, who basically got his first job interview in life and he succeeded for, he, for his internship. So no, I just feel, I just feel it, proud. I it, feel proud for him. It's because... like you, you have a beef with, with Dima over... You know, him no, no, no. I mean, of be... course, of course, I have a beef not with Dima. Absolutely not. I feel I have a beef with the job market because <laughs> me and you and many of our friends wanted to stay here. How many of them left because they didn't have a chance to do that? How many of them left because mm -hmm. they couldn't find anything? But we are still here because for me and Mitri, there are no kind of second options to go. We cannot go back to Russia, especially I. For Tina... I just want to stay for as long as I can and also push my limits and see if I can make it in the Netherlands or not. I base my uh, entire identity on rebuilding cities, doing the, uh, the work around building great infrastructure and water management and sustainable cities. I think listeners should not be misleaded, even though we are urban planners, urban managers, but none of us are actually looking for the urban jobs at this point. Uh, so yes and no, because urban management is not a narrow, I would say, track to follow, specialization to follow. Dima can t talk about how he is using his master's degree and bachelor's degree to land this internship in data modeling, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say urban planning in general can be compared like uh, to a general business degree. It's very broad, thin topics that you cover and then you decide in which specific field you want to focus. So even though we all have the same, relatively same background education-wise, but professionally we can really diverge after <clears throat> completing our studies. For me, for example, economics always been the main point of interest and I've been developing this sort of a skills that relate to more of a economic data type of skill set that's kind of where i found my niche i decided just to follow this yes. sort of a, a pathway to narrow down my options and focus on specific skills for certain jobs that i'm especially interested in i guess that's what uh, that's been my approach to the job search mm -hmm. here and it worked it hasn't been a short sort of a story. It's also been a long time for me since I graduated in October, from October to April. I didn't apply to that many <laughs> positions as you guys, but still been following the job market, what's going on, new vacancies. It's just I was I being selective, I guess, in terms of things I applied to. If I see like a match, vacancy that matches my skills, my interests, and passion only in these occasions i actually apply for the position and by the way this is probably the best approach for all scenarios because it's not that hard to get a job if you really know what you want what you can do because in most of the cases is either one of them the recruiters are here are very very much matured they can see actually whether you lie or not they can see whether you can fulfill the requirements or not. So the thing is with me and Tina, we do have some different background, professional background, 
you'll have different interdisciplinary experience and it's it might be an advantage especially in the later stages of our careers at, at least i hope so but at this point it's actually quite hard to find a job on this market because usually the specific skill set is required and just in general they have an image of in mind of <laughs> for whom they're looking and we are just not very standard for this at least i am i don't have any experience in the european countries and Dmitry got his bachelor's, the Europe Tina used to live in Poland and used to work there. So I think I'm in the least, I have least competitive advantages in this sense. But I also forgot, I also wanted to pinpoint what Dmitry told about his education. He was telling it very mildly that he was following the economics and it was interesting for him. But basically what he told me, at least after a couple of beers, that's, <laughs> that's he, how it all begins. He did this, uh, both bachelor's and master's just for fun, basically. But we're, I mean, we're drinking beers right now. Uh, yeah, we're drinking beers. I mean, we're drinking the worst beer in the Netherlands. It's Heineken. Yeah, sorry for that. I hope I'm going to oh. be sued for that. But anyway, yeah, best beer in the world. No. Anyway, <laughs> when we're drinking, maybe not. Who knows? Stay sober. Dmitry told me that he did it for fun in terms of that he was interested in that. And he really wanted to know this fear better, but he never wanted to work there, which is not the case for me and Tina, I think. Because I was working in this sphere in Russia for some time, and at least I was thinking that I could continue doing that here. But it turned out to be not that easy. We are we're also going to talk about that later. But Mitri, can you explain how did you manage to, in, in such a short term actually, in like three, four months, to gain the skill set you needed to understand what you can, what you want to do on the market? Well, that's interesting question i guess when i was applying for my bachelor as sergey said i didn't really think about future career opportunities in this particular field i was not really thinking about my future career at all at that point i just was interested in cities and how they're organized how they're managed what the land uses are and that's why i decided to go follow this at some point, we have to discuss how people come to the conclusion that they want to become urban mm. planners or like urban management professional. Mm. But that's a yeah. different topic. I guess when I was just applying, it was interesting for me, but I didn't know if I uh, really want to work in this field. And after studying for one, two years in Ireland, getting to know the Irish urban planning system, learning the subject, I came to the understanding that it's probably not for me. It's relatively boring if we're talking about purely urban planning kind of jobs they involve a lot of writing proposals appeals and sort of a mundane mm -hmm. job in my understanding and when i realized that this thing is not for me i also realized that i'm interested in something else which is economics and since 2019 i've been learning a lot about economics about finance about business about different companies how does urban planning or like urban management intersect with economics if you could expand on that well i guess economics is a big part of cities right cities are powerhouses for our economies and regional economics and economics is being taught in urban planning degree. So we had some economic modules when we were discussing clusters, knowledge spillovers, and how when we think of a city, it's a lot of people coming together, they're living together, and they're creating a lot of value, they create a lot of product services that people 
use and it creates jobs and all of these things are related to the broader economy. I guess that's the intersection and how these things are actually connected. As I said, urban planning is a very broad field. I really like this analogy that urban planning is like business, but in urban planning, you're learning how to manage a city and in business, you're learning how to manage a, a business. Sergey, would you like to talk about, without overgeneralization, your particular experience in the Netherlands? Because you probably look for different type of jobs or maybe it's similar to Dimas or mine. What are you looking for exactly and how did it go? Do you want to talk about it? I can talk about this for a long time because basically that's what I've been doing since. It's hard to say when I started doing it because I started applying actually back in June 2021. But that was like the first and brief attempt. I just was applying basically for anything I could find. But I was still a student and I knew that there are not a lot of chances to find a job because here in the Netherlands as a student you can't work full time. And if you want to have an internship, you need to have a special letter of acceptance from university. And our university, for some reason, does not provide it. But that's the whole different story. So I decided after this first attempt that I will focus on finishing my master's. We'll see how it goes. So I think I started actively applying in October. Funny thing, back then I was living in Belgium. <laughs> so I was looking for both countries. And also important to mention that here in the Netherlands, one of the reasons why there are a lot of people who stay here after finishing their master's because of the search year visa opportunity. So basically, if you finish good university, which is in the first 200 of the world universities in the main rankings, you can obtain a one-year visa, which provides you a working permit. You don't need a visa for, the, for being employed. So that's a very good thing to have, but it turns out that it's absolutely not enough. So I only obtained it in the middle of December. But I started looking before that, and to be honest, I was very unlucky. So I don't know what are the reasons, I don't know what are the problems, I still need to figure out. But before this year, I almost didn't have any results. I had some conversations, some emails, but none of the interviews, none of the real interviews. Okay. My first my first interview actually happened in January after I went, after I went to the nightclub on the New Year's Eve. What? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's the thing, guys. Never underestimate the informal network. I actually agree with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because on the New Year's Eve, like at around 5 a.m., I was dancing in the techno club in Rotterdam. If you love techno, come. There was there was a woman who was just, I think, trying to meet new people and started talking to them. And she started talking, talking to me in Dutch. At first, she didn't want to talk to me because I was not speaking Dutch. But then she changed, changed her mind. And one minute after, she's asking for my LinkedIn because she is an HR who is looking for the young talents for the municipalities, which I'm actually interested in. And that's so cool. Yeah, that's so cool. I actually had an interview with still like kind of friends on Instagram. And uh, but there is one real big obstacle, which is the language barrier. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you don't know that, there are almost none of the opportunities to work in the public sector. What was the outcome of this? The outcome, as I told you, like we had an interview. She told me she created some notes on me. And she told me, yeah, keep learning Dutch. And if you're going to achieve some level of fluency, come back to me. I will try to find you some good opportunities. Mm -hmm. But I'm still far away from there. And after that, yeah, I had a couple of interviews, but also general ones, not, not for specific positions. My biggest interview so far happened in Belgium for the PhD researcher position. 
which is also a whole different story, not for this podcast, <laughs> but there is a progress and I've been changing my, my search scope. And in early February, I started looking more for data analytics jobs, <laughs> but then I realized that it's also kind of overheated market and I'm not that good yet, at least. So I'm looking for like kind of maybe business analyst positions. But I keep changing my direction. Back in back in summer, I thought that I can do project management. I was interested in that. Actually, Tina can talk about this more. But then I realized that also there is a big barrier in language and also a very strong competition. I'm still figuring out what's the best niche for me, if there is any. I mean, of course there is, but also I'm, I'm a non-standard person. I'm interested in many things, but I was just coming to the point that I'm still, I'm, I'm like looking for different kinds of jobs and they do have this period where I'm looking, I'm trying to like, what's the best like place on the market for me. And so far I was not so successful in finding one because it's very important to, as I said, to understand what you want, what you can do, because market here is very, very selective. It's a really recruiter market, not a candidate market, because they can easily choose from many people, from many talents, yeah, especially if you're getting started, especially not from around. That's especially. another point, because when you reach some sort of seniority in this country, you can actually have some control over which industry or which company transition into. But when you're a junior or even like entry level or fresh graduate, then it's a completely different story because there's so many of you graduating at pretty much the same time with different qualifications. And as Sergey mentioned, it's an overheated market of the candidates. So there's a lot to choose from. So yeah, that's that's another problem, I guess. Yeah, and also I'm kind of afraid of the coming summer because a new graduates are going to appear and I'm going to be screwed. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, need to find a job shortly. But you know, you lived in Poland and now you're living in another European Union country, which is Netherlands. Can you share maybe your perspective in terms of these two countries, their job markets? First of all, thanks for the question. Yeah, so I lived in Poland for almost four years. And in the beginning, it was as hard as here, you know, to land the first job because you don't know the job market. You don't know how to network. You don't know who to connect with. Also, you're in your early to mid-20s and you don't know exactly what, what you're doing with your life and what kind of job would suit you. So since I came from the researcher slash academia background, I just recently graduated from higher school of economics and we went to the same school with Sergei in Moscow. And after that, I mainly did research jobs. So this is how I landed my first job in research slash data analysis, but it was completely not related to the subject I was studying, but I actually enjoyed it a lot. I found that I am really good at gathering certain data and then analyzing it with multiple different tools and then writing storytelling through reporting. Yeah. Don't get the wrong impression. Tina is absolutely extroverted person. And even though I don't doubt her abilities of analysis and reporting, she cannot do on the full-time basis this kind of thing. She needs to interact with Absolutely. Uh, That's one of, uh, that was my, another problem. Thanks for noticing it about me. That's so nice, I guess. So hard to note. I feel clean. Anyway, <laughs> anyway yeah, my extra, extroverted as needed a little bit of exposure to like maybe client facing exposure so I could 
meet up with people and talk and discuss stuff and actually participate in decision making. But yeah, the research kind of or data analysis jobs, I really enjoyed and I stayed there for almost two years. And then, okay, what's my next step? I was thinking maybe to pursue a little bit like account management slash customer support, you know, that kind of jobs, because I thought this is how I would transition into more client facing jobs. I would say in both of the cases, I applied online. No one referred me or I didn't find it through network. But the difference is that I already spoke a decent amount of Polish at that moment. I'm not sure if I can still hold a proper conversation in Polish, but back in the day, I was so comfortable in the language. And when was that? Back in the day, it's like early 19th century. Exactly. I'm this old. <laughs> yeah, we are youngsters here. They're Zoomers. I'm a millennial. I'm not a Zoomer. You're a Zoomer. I'm not. Please. Look at the classification. You're a Zoomer with a mentality of a boomer. I don't know why. I'm unique. <laughs> anyway, so the difference is that I guess for Polak, it was quite okay for you to apply online if you have the skills. If you look or sound as a person who can do the job, mm -hmm. they will hire you. Also, you try not to fuck up on the interview. That's it. But here, as Sergey mentioned, the, the market is super competitive. So, which is why when you come here, you kind of feel misplaced in the beginning yeah i mean i think it's very important to keep in mind if you are a person who wants to come here and considering moving here to like the same path as we did of finishing masters maybe even bachelors before that of course that's a, that's a good way and it's absolutely possible to find a job but there are so many nuances and you need to be ready for a really strong competition you need to have a lot of time to wait because the search process can take a while you need also to understand and keep in mind that it's not for you to enjoy your time here. It's basically for the local recruiters, for the local economy to have more options to choose. And I think this is for another episode, but talking about the overheated market, because back in the day, like a few years ago, still a few years ago, before the COVID pandemic and everything, it was just very efficient for the local markets to use the labor force, which is coming here. But right now it's becoming so much of this, this housing market is in a severe crisis and there are too many candidates. It's very hard to choose from us. So, and of course we are from the non-European background, even though we do have either education or job in the EU, we still kind of struggle. And my main point, my finishing point for this first pilot episode is that you need really to consider all the circumstances of your industry where you're coming. And to be honest, it's much easier to relocate from the existing international company to the local office. Definitely don't be discouraged. Yeah, don't be discouraged. I'm not saying it, but as at least in my case, my expectations were much higher. And I think I just faced quite brutal reality at some point. I'd like to leave it on a positive sort of a note. Definitely don't be discouraged. But what we said, of course, there are challenges about their completely manageable and new jobs open every day. Thousands of jobs are available. There are a lot of interesting things happening in the economy. And yeah, if you're persistent enough and you understand what you want to do and know where you're going, you'll definitely find something at some point. If yeah. you know exactly that this is the path. Okay, I am going to be a data modeling analyst or like sustainability reporting analyst. Super narrow, straightforward, down to earth, and you take 
practical steps and actions to make this thing happen, it will happen for you eventually. You have to still have enough motivation. Patience. And patience, 100%. Yeah, I mean, basically need to be consistent as fuck. <laughs> so yeah, the final thoughts for today. First of all, if this podcast is going to be relatively popular, we will keep this thing going and we will invite more people from different backgrounds. Let's say recruiters or HR managers or hiring managers or people who relocated from their countries or people who came to pursue a degree and then stayed. Overall, I think from the outside, Netherlands, for some people, seem to be like a paradise for the job market. And it's not that people lie, but I think unintentionally or intentionally people hide all the hardships, especially for the expats. And it's really important to discuss them, to make people aware. Our main idea is to attract as much life stories here in the Netherlands as possible. And yeah, if you're interested, then tell your friends about us. Come to our podcast yourself if you're in the Netherlands or in Europe so we can connect with you. Yep. Thank you. And see you in the next episode. See you in the next episode. Stay tuned. Do it, do it.